for the Lord God Almighty. Yes, yes. raise your voice and say, Welcome back to the Journey Home Outreach Ministries online radio shows. This is the edition of Mind, Body, and Soul with Dr. LaHood. And I just want to give credit for our opening. Song is sung by Donnie McClurkin, Agnes Dye, and our closing song is sung by Society Hill Music, How Great Thou Art, featuring Patty LaBelle. I wanted to welcome Dr. LaHood back to the segment. How are you? 
Good, how are you? I am well, I am well. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. I, you know, I want to thank all the listeners out there all around the world who who uh, are listening to our first se- uh, segment. Uh, and uh, I just want to get that acknowledgement out to our, to our listeners. It's something that they're really enjoying, and I wanted to give you that feedback, too. Great. I'm, I'm happy to be here, happy to help. All right. Happy to answer some questions. Yeah. We actually, you know, at the end of the last show, we, we encourage people to send in general questions uh, for, uh, for the doctor if we had something in general that you wanted to, to ask. But I am going to refer to Dr. LaHood to give some guidelines on these questions. I think it is important. Sure. I think uh, when, you know, as a psychologist, our, our ethical standards really say that we, we shouldn't be giving advice about very specific things with a person. So if someone emails a question like, I'm dealing with A, B, and C, what should I do? The, the problem is that within the context of that question, there's lots of possibilities. And oftentimes when we see symptomology or symptoms or let's say somebody says, well, I'm feeling depressed, that doesn't always necessarily mean that they're depressed. Uh, And if they are, it doesn't necessarily mean there's not something else going on as well. Or there's just so many nuances to the approach of diagnosing and then giving recommendations that we really need to see the person in person. Right. You can look at that as if you go to your physical doctor. Exactly. You can't call in and say, my toe hurts without a physical examination. But but even if it was a call-in, I could at least ask questions, follow-up questions. Right, right. Uh, Because if somebody's saying they're anxious, there's lots of reasons why somebody could be anxious. And there's actually lots of diagnoses that have anxiety along oh, with them. Okay. So just because somebody's anxious, that could be ADHD. It could be an anxiety disorder. It could be, you know, there's, okay, there's so, different things. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is a multi-level subject. Yes, yes, yes. So, it, so I appreciate the questions that we received that are more specific to the individual. Um, but again, I want to refer those people to someone professional that's close to them where they can actually get those answers after with follow-up questions. With follow-up questions. Okay, so we can jump into the question that we did receive. Yeah, this one's pretty broad, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so one of our listeners wants to know, uh, what are the warning signs? Oh, but wait a minute. The pastor messed up. Wait wait a minute. We had to start with the reading of the word. (laughs) Yeah, you're getting ahead of yourself. I know exactly. So you know me. I, you know, I, I, here we go. We got to get back in order. We're going to be reading the the word for uh, the, this segment it comes from Proverbs, the uh, uh, the fifteenth chapter, the twenty second through the twenty fourth verse, and it reads as it so: Plans fall fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. A person finds joy in giving a act reply and how good is a timely word the path of life leads upward from the prudent to find them from to keep them from going down to the realm of the dead it is very important that we do not limit ourselves by trying to lean to our own understanding the bible is being very clear that it is very acceptable and uh for you to seek counsel um, for those things that you're unsure of and that is what we're trying to offer here. And so with that reading of the word, I want you to pray about it, meditate on it, uh, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, and ask God for wisdom, because he said he'll give it to all that have it. So that being said, 
because plans fail for lack of planning. And one thing that, that parents do is try to plan for their children's not only physical well-being, but psychological well-being uh, as well. So how do we look for those signs within teenagers? Okay, so that's a really good question. And it's also a complex, it's a complex question with a complex answer. Okay. Uh, because not only is bipolar mood disorder, which is a diagnosis in, in our diagnostic manual, uh, not only is that diagnosis complex, uh, but it's also complex in children and adolescents. And then being a child and being an adolescent is complex. So again, I want to give more broad general uh, a more broad general response um, to that. So let's just talk about a little bit really quickly about what is bipolar uh, mood disorder. So some of the signs for bipolar mood disorder are either um, a bout or episode of what's called mania or a manic episode and or a hypomanic episode. So hypo, H-Y-P-O, means lesser. So when we say hypomanic, it doesn't mean hypermanic. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. It means less. So okay. hypomanic is a little bit less of of uh, what a, what a real manic episode would look like. But either one meets the criteria for the manic episode of bipolar mood disorder. If okay. somebody has a manic episode, they're diagnosed with bipolar mood disorder because that's one of the main qualities of being bipolar is some sort of manic episode. Okay. Now, the other side of bipolar, why they call it bipolar, is because there's moods on opposite poles. So one in the continuum is mania or hypomania, and the other one is depression. Now, if we see a teenager or a child coming in with depression, we don't jump at bipolar. Right. Uh, in, okay. fact, in fact, criteria-wise, you, know, you really shouldn't be diagnosing bipolar until the age of 18. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So usually we really see that manifesting between 18 and 22 is when it first emerges, uh, and then with hypomanic episodes and manic episodes. And then there's another little pocket around the age of 30 where people sometimes uh, have, it, have it happen the, for the first time. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's part of the complexity is it doesn't mean we can't diagnose uh, somebody who's a teen with bipolar, but it, it, you know, we need to be really careful because teenagers, the way they act and behave, uh, can look bipolar. If you yeah. gave me a million dollars, I would not go back to high school. Right, but, exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so teenagers can look erratic, moody, that kind of thing. So we just need to be really careful about how we approach a diagnosis like bipolar in adolescence. Uh, but if there's a clear manic episode, then we're able to do that. Okay. Depression is a little more tricky because depression has its own separate diagnosis, which is uh, major depressive disorder or some sort of derivative or diagnosis that's under that type of mood disorder of just depression without mania. So that's why mania defines bipolar. Okay. Okay. Or hypomania. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that doesn't mean that if somebody doesn't have a manic episode that they don't have bipolar. It's just, you can see that when I'm discussing adolescents and kids, it's just really tough to identify. Right, exactly. Okay. Because of the, the different things they have to deal with. Just being an adolescent or a kid, sure. you know, learning life and, and, and the pressures and peer pressure and school pressure. And now the pressure of violence and things like yes. that that they're facing. 
So let, let's look at this because you did a great job of, of doing the bipolar part. But what about just anxiety then? Because how can we not expect our teenagers to have this heightened anxiety when, you know, so much is happening around them? Exactly. So, uh, so adolescents fall into a particular, uh, a particular developmental stage called identity versus role confusion. What that means is that once they're about 12 or 13, kids start to move out of this concrete way of thinking about things into a more abstract way. So they turn 12, 13, and they look at their parents and they're like, oh, wait, parents make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Actually, my parents are maybe kind of idiots. Right. You know, right, my right, parents yeah. may not be as smart. And actually, the decisions that they've made may not have been the best ones for me. Right. So okay. Maybe, okay. But that's normal and that's appropriate. We want that because we want our teens to begin to differentiate and become more independent. Okay. Uh, so one of the ways that, and that's anxiety producing for a teen and obviously for parents, this is why we right. get this question. Right. So, um, so with teens, what we need to do is be careful because they're always struggling with what is my identity and then what role do I need to play also because no one's going to really let me have all of my identity. Right. And what they do is they, they set up this way of thinking about the world where it's sort of all about them. Uh, so everything is all about them. They're very, they're not narcissistic. They're not self-centered. They're self-involved. They're overly concerned with themselves. With themselves. They, they, okay. they, they think that there's always an audience. Somebody's always watching them. Especially or, with social media now. Yes, yes. It's even more, it's even more heightened in that, in that perspective and can cause more anxiety. Yeah. Uh, because the thing about the internet, which is interesting, is it's leveled the playing field for bullies. Now the smart, you know, scrawny kid on the playground uh, can go in and be whoever he wants or she right, wants or right, they want. Right. They can pretend to be this other person. Plus, they can run circles around other people if they're really smart. So social media has really leveled the playing field wow. in terms of, yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to really face Goliath. Right. You know, uh, you, can, you can be, exactly. you know, you can be who you want. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about when you gave the, the age marker and you said 13. Yeah. That resonated with me because I want everyone to remember that Christ was 13 when he started his ministry. Mm. So that coincides with what you're saying about finding your own identity. There was actually a story where they, uh, Joseph and Mary and Jesus were, were traveling and Jesus was teaching in the synagogues. Joseph and Mary were ready to go. Mom and Dad said, let's go. And Jesus says, um, I'm going about my father's business and he kept teaching so there is even in the bible a clear kind of rebellion yeah and, and time mm-hmm. like like you're saying that you you start to even though mom and dad said it's time to go he exerted his own identity and said this is what i feel i should be doing so that you know i want people to know that at, at that age even jesus was doing the same thing so this is not unusual for teenagers to go through this not process. Not at all. In fact, the, I always tell parents there's an appropriate amount of rebellion. In fact, if sometimes if kids are brought into my office, teens, let's say a 15-year-old comes into my office, they were caught smoking pot or whatever. Uh, you know, the, I'll bring them all in, the parents will sit down, we'll talk, we'll get like a brief summary, and then I'll let the parents go. And as soon as the door closed, if it's a high-functioning teen who's in school getting good grades, that sort of thing, and they just got caught randomly smoking pot with their friends or whatever, I'll sort of look at them and be like, dude, how did you get caught? 
Like why you know why did you why did you get caught? Because you're smart enough to know how to not get caught. It's right. not that difficult, right? Like, uh, to not get caught smoking pot. So there's a reason why there there's a communication there. Oh. I need help somehow, and that's why they end up in my office. I see. Yeah, yeah. So so teens. So our our goal with appropriate rebellion. And, uh, and that story that you spoke about, Jesus sort of shows us this, is that there's a fine line like where uh, there's an appropriate amount of rebellion and then there's too much right. where it becomes, yeah, yeah. So maybe we use Jesus as an example of talking about anxiety and role confusion versus identity. Right, yeah. exactly. Because, you know, at that, at that point, he, he, he had to exert what he felt was the right thing at 13 at 13 yeah. right you know this was this was not you know jesus at 21 and i think a lot of people don't realize that jesus started out so young yeah i didn't until this moment i didn't know that <laughs> yeah. you told me that but i love that it's 13 because that's really that pivotal moment yeah. where someone emerges as uh a, a, a person who can who can think abstractly who can think outside right. of of what's going on in just one particular conversation they can they can they can use their imagination right uh, and but you know that's challenging because if they've never been able to do that before and now all of a sudden within a matter of like a month they can do that that's really intense and anxiety provoking yeah I, I would think it's like a, a, a newfound freedom it's like mm-hmm. you know what do I do with it now I can go crazy because I've been so contained all my life. Now, yeah. parents have to realize also, as, we, as we're talking about keeping this, you know, both clinical and spiritual, um, parents cover their children's sin into the age of 13. Interesting. Okay. So, it's, it's that's really interesting. Right. So, so, in the eyes of God, parents are responsible for their children, rearing them, guiding them. They said, raise up in a child in the way he should go, and when they're old, he won't depart from it. That is what God is telling a parent needs to do. But when that's why they have bar mitzvahs at 13. That is when you're transforming from that adolescent stage until now you're entering into stages of adulthood. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so we, uh, you know, as you're talking about that, I want to bring that out too, that, hey, you know, even God at, at 13 starts looking at that individual and says, okay, now you're kind of responsible for some of the things you do yourself. Yeah, you uh, you're, you need to be held accountable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm not a theologian, but I wonder if, you know, if you look at Jesus at 13 from what you just described, and he, he knows now what his what his role is. Right. Uh, and his identity has sort of been defined for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what kind of problems does that does jesus face what kind of suffering does he face in in the fact that i can't imagine if my dad was god like so now your role is sort of capped out yeah. you yeah. can only go so much now i get that he's got two in the whole yeah. trilogy but but it's just interesting to to hear that that like how do you create an identity when your dad yeah. is is it? Is it? Is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. You know, and 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 he struggled with that. You know, uh, trying to maintain that when he was teaching uh, that you know I'm doing the work of of my father. You know, mm-hmm. this is not me. So he was under a tremendous a lot of pressure, peer pressure. And I have to tell you this story. Yeah, please. This is um, you know, Mary. Jesus's first miracle was turning uh, water into wine at a wedding. Mm. Uh, they ran out of wine, and of course you got the kings and everybody, the high people were there, and they went out of wine, and so they went and said, we're out of wine, we need more wine. 
the disciples ran to Mary and said, you know, Mary, we're out of wine. You know, what she did, he said, go tell my son. And Jesus said, this is not the time for me to do that miracle yet. Oh, he said no to his mom. Yeah, but in front of other people. Right. But but <laughs> yeah. this is the this is the, the 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 great part of what you're talking about. He did it anyway. Interesting. He yeah. did it anyway. Out of respect. Yes. Interesting. Okay, and it was his mom. That's really cool okay. story. Yeah, so it was like okay. It's not really he said it's not it's not time for this because it wasn't time for him to demonstrate that power yet. And then, of course, the end of the story is that all the top officials said that was the best wine they ever tasted. They saved it the best for last, you know, and everything. And, and, of course, you know, nothing adverse happened because he did it. But the fact that he said it wasn't time and he did it anyway. Really shows, mature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really mature response. And, you know, what when I said earlier, what kind of suffering does Jesus have with, with the role? It, it, who... Did Jesus even want to be Jesus? You know, uh, Jesus, maybe he wanted to go uh, out and like hang out with his this, buddies. This is, this is okay. So when when Jesus uh, before he got arrested, he was in a garden of Gethsemane. See, he was a he was a teenager. Exactly. He got arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was arrested. <laughs> you know, and and um, he went to the garden and he prayed by himself, and he said, Lord. If there is any way you can take this away from me, please do. Mm. And he stayed there and he agonized and he was pleading to the Father, I don't want to do this. This is a little bit much. But he said, whatever your will is, I'll do. And that's how he ended it. That's what Jesus said to his father. Yeah, that's what yeah. Jesus said to so God. So it's another example of yeah. him deferring to the parent. Yeah. In spite of him wanting to rebel. Right, right. So he, he said, if this is your but he did have that point where he said, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I, you know, and people yeah. kind of forget that. No, he wasn't like all the time, all on board with everything that was getting ready to happen to him. He said, if you can take this cup away from me, please do. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, just silence and him dealing with his his torment, his 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 things that he felt like, oh my goodness, they're getting ready to kill me. And yeah. me and wrongly accuse me and go and they're gonna put me through the the ringer. I don't want to do this. So did dad bail him out? Dad said no, you have to do this. Okay. Because this you said his calling. That's yeah. what I was addressing. He already had this on his life. He already knew what he was supposed to do. But just like teenagers you know, they 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 get conflicted with like you were saying, role versus <laughs> yeah. yeah identity. Yeah, identity. Yeah. You know, so his role was to do this, but his identity still was that I don't wanna <laughs> Yeah, I don't wanna do this. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I don't wanna do this. Please take it away. So the with Mary that with and the wine, that feels like, hey, go do your homework. No, I don't want to do my homework. Right. This one seems like the stakes are a little more raised right. in this because we're talking about what the future of, of mankind? Of, of, of mankind. <laughs> uh, so, in spite, so God actually had a tough decision to make there because his son is saying, "I'm suffering. Please do something about it because I know you can." Mm-hmm. And Dad said, "You know what? Maybe not explicitly he said this, but he said, you know what? You can do this, and I'm here to support you. Yeah. And we got to do this. Sometimes, if it's right for ourselves or the community or whatever, we have to love our kids." 
to push them through suffering and, and despair. Yes. Now, here's a flip side to that. You cannot shame your kids. It's it's not okay. And uh, and it, it's not... It, you've got to just be really careful with how you do that because kids could come to you and say, I'm really suffering in the immediate and maybe need to go to a doctor or right. something like that. So we don't want to avoid that particular thing. Um, by minimizing their suffering, you can do both at the same time, which is bring somebody to a doctor and then still have them adhere right. to, okay? So right. just we don't want to omit taking care of the person that and, we're pushing and, and, in a direction. And I want to let everyone know that Jesus was praying during that time. So God was talking to him and okay. counseling him. Yeah. He didn't just say, son, you have to do this. He didn't just kick him out of the nest. And right, like, right. Fly, yeah. be free, I'll Yeah, yeah. Right. he gave him peace over what he was doing. And that's why Jesus said, okay, Father, your will be done. Because the Father told him, you're going to inherit the whole entire world. I mean, he does have a reward for what he did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, everybody you die for are going to be under you. You're going to come back and reign. And so it's not as if, you know, God didn't even give him something in return for his sacrifice. But we have to remember that it says he so loved us that he gave his only son. You know, yeah. the, main, the main focus about about loving your teen, because teens are not lovable. In fact, I don't know if there's anything worse than a 13-year-old. You know? <laughs> there's this wonderful commercial where this guy wants to lose weight, so he hires like three 13-year-olds to follow him around and just shame him about the food he's eating. <laughs> You're going to eat that? <laughs> so so it's it's tough. It's challenging to, to love. But uh, to love them, like I said, we have to help them to make um, uh, difficult decisions. And... And yeah, like I said, that's not always easy. No. You know, I had a, he was, I think he's 11. Uh, a parent told me a story that he was walking down the street with his 11-year-old, someone smoking a cigarette, and moved it away from the child as they were walking by. And the child turned around and said, thank you for doing that, but I'm still inhaling your smoke. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. That's they really have their own yeah. identities. They totally. have their own thought yeah. patterns. And, and that's, you know, why I wanted to bring back, you know, when you think about anxiety and talk about anxiety, your thought patterns versus what your parents are trying to say versus what your friends are trying to say versus what, you know, and, and even God is trying to say to you now because you're you're at that age. So Well, and when I said earlier, like, you couldn't, I wouldn't go back to high school for a million dollars. I'm being serious. So, I'm being very serious. So I, yeah. think, I think one of the ways that we can access our adolescence is accessing our own adolescence. Right, right, right. You have to think back. Let's say you want, you just had a great interview at a job and you're waiting to hear back. You want to hear back as soon as possible right. whether you got the job or not as an adult. Well, as a teen, that's the same thing as a text from somebody that they like. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that there's no difference in the feeling. And in fact, it's even more desperate because if you think about it, when you're 13, 14, 15, those minutes are a huge part of your life in comparison to being twice or three times that age. Right. You know, right. one month is a huge part of yeah, your life. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so, so you want everything right now. There's a seized the day that happens with um, with adolescents. They want everything immediately. And if they don't get it, it's never going to happen. Right. Or it's the world is ending. Right. So, uh, so that can cause anxiety. Okay. And that's tough because when we're looking at that, that anxiety is normal. And them suffering with that limited amount of anxiety is actually okay. And they need to kind of 
figure that out and grapple with it. That's a part of the developmental stage. Okay, so and some anxiety is normal yes. and acceptable and part of the growth exactly. and, and development process. There's yeah. an optimal level. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, when it gets bad is when it starts to impair people socially, friends, interpersonal relationships. Occupationally, in this instance, it would be school. Okay. Every kid has to go to school. Right. You cannot not go to school. It's the only thing they have to do. Yeah. The entire world is go to school, so mm -hmm. they can go to school. Mm -hmm. If they can't, then you've got a serious problem that you have to address, and it goes beyond punishment. Right. If a kid can't get to school, there's a serious issue going on. Okay. So that's one marker. But if it impairs socially, occupationally, or school, um, or you know, within family relationships, there's going to be angst. And there's going to be battles and push and pull between parents and teens. That's completely normal. It's the adult terrible twos. But uh, when, when, so grappling with that, that doesn't mean that it's bipolar. It doesn't mean that it's anxiety that needs to be treated. But if grades are starting to fail or the teen is isolated, that's a big deal. We do not want teens to isolate. Now, okay. that doesn't mean they're not going to retreat to their room. If they're texting their friends and having fun and playing video games Got online, it. that's completely different. I mean, they're sitting in the dark and, you know. And, and, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Completely, um, completely shutting themselves off from the world. Right, and then and then the other complexity, I'll stop after this because I know I'm talking a lot, but the other complexity no, is, no, this is great. You, know, who, you know, we talk about uh, people who are emos or very emotional, mm -hmm. um, and they dress in all black and black lipstick. Yeah, and I mean, right. Well, that's an identity. That's not. That's not necessarily somebody isolating. They have friends who are also dressing I'm in black, and you know. So you got to you got to step back and really have some perspective. I'm so glad you said that because as you were talking, I said, "Yeah, that's like someone dressing in black, listening to Marilyn Manson, sitting in the room." And, and, and so my mind went there automatically that that would be a sign of so a, a kid. And you're telling me this is not. This is like no. And if parents listen to Marilyn Manson. Listen to the lyrics, and they're difficult to hear because he makes it that way, because he's speaking to teens and saying, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I get it, and this song's telling you, and you're the only ones who are going to pay attention enough to listen. I get it. If you see interviews, get it, go on YouTube and look at interviews with Marilyn Manson. He's a brilliant artist, and he saw an opening in society for a voice, and he went for it. And partly because he can access his adolescence, but he is brilliant. He's okay. a philosopher. Okay. If you listen to him on YouTube, you'll be fascinated uh, that he's not just this like devil worshiping blah blah. Dark, dark. No, he's dark. a voice okay. for that particular age group. Okay, yeah. all right. And you never heard it that way because you always you see. I automatically went dark, depressed, danger. As soon as you know, and and Marilyn Manson, that's where my head went. And when you when you said that, I so mean, adolescence is dark, depressing, okay. anxiety producing. <laughs> okay, I, I mean this is why I wouldn't go back. Right, you know, and and I had friends in high school. I wasn't the most popular, but I had you know I had friends, and I and I I was active, but it's just it was too it was too much. It was too much pressure, and 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 I just remember that struggle with. I want to be this thing when I grow up, and everybody keeps telling me I have to be this other thing. Now, how do I navigate that? Because I want those people to like me. I want right. them to respect me. I want right. To, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you do a lot of that seeking when you're in, that, in your teens, as I'm thinking. You're seeking approval from everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and so, I, you know, I really, after talking, you know, I want to say to parents, you know, you know as, as you're helping your kids and you're teaching them, because I know you're teaching them your faith as well. You have to help them stand on their own because yes. God expects them to stand on their own.
back and forth. And the yeah. best type of parent, there's three types of parenting styles. There are more, but the main ones are authoritarian. That would be like you think you're a god too. Okay. okay. All That's right. like a you're dictator. Right. It means that what you say is how it is. Uh, there's there's permissive. That's like the opposite of, of being totalitarian. It means you're just always saying yes. You don't care. Go do whatever you want. Take care of yourself. That sort of thing. And then in the middle... It's almost like Goldilocks and the porridge. This one's the one that's just right. It is authoritative. Okay. Not authoritarian, but authoritative. And what an authoritative parent does is, let's say their kid is caught smoking pot. Right. They sit down and they say, you know you're not supposed to be smoking pot. It's illegal. Uh, I don't agree with it. And I think it's bad for you uh, and your health and whatever. Um, what are your thoughts? They hear the thoughts. Okay, I, can, I understand that and I respect that. But you still broke these particular rules uh, and we need a consequence. What do you think it should be? Oh, well. Well, uh, take my phone away for two hours. Mm, probably not. Probably but. we need a little more than that. Can you think of something else? Well, take it away for three days. Okay, that sounds fair. You know, and, and, what, and what you're doing is you're helping them to learn how to navigate conflict and confrontation. If you lay down the law with authoritarian, you're not doing that. And if you're too permissive, you're not doing that. Okay. And both those things cause anxiety. Authoritative it doesn't mean that your, your kid's not going to be feeling anxiety, but now they can navigate it. They can go into the next situation and say, all right, I really want to smoke pot. Am I willing to take the consequences? And if I am, well, that's appropriate rebellion. And if they're not, that can start to, you know. Right, right, right. Okay? And, and, and that's when I, when I mentioned the, uh, the Bible verse where God says to raise up a child in the way he should go, he should go and when he gets old, he won't depart from it. That verse is, is, is the guideline for the child interesting yeah okay to to that's really cool so the bible speaking right to speaking to the child saying your mom and dad have taught you these things now it's up to you at that moment you don't have them there telling you what to do this so you have thing to, yeah you have to rely on your own you know spirit and your own you know you have to begin to rely on those things and rely on me to get you through this stuff. So God was talking about this before psychologists were ever talking exactly, about it. Exactly. Yeah. God was talking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. really, really cool that uh, there's always been that voice that was able to sort of repair relationships with parents. Right. It's really quite beautiful. You know, yeah. Sister Pucci, you have a way of explaining God and Jesus and religion. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's really appealing, actually. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know. You well, know. it actually makes me feel good because I, I could see that, uh, let's say there are there are people who are Christians, but the parents of the adolescent are really struggling with their own stuff. Right. Well, God, you can look to God right. to do yes, that exactly. parenting. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and he invites that, you know. Eventually, they, he belongs to. Do you yeah. find a lot of teens who embrace that? Uh, yes, that's you, really cool. Yeah, they do because it it allows them to be free. Yeah, and it allows them to express themselves, but contain themselves and stay right. within accountability. And, and I just did, you know, my reading uh, from my last show, which was the young adult show, was "Do not let anyone shame you for being young." Whoa, that's really cool. Yeah, it's so you know God always tells youths that you know it, it, don't let them put you down just because you're young you know things i give you things i equip you he raised david up from you know a shepherd boy and he became a king you know yeah, so yeah. so yeah god is there helping them go to get to their destiny because let's like jesus we all have a reason why he put us here
Yeah. So he's helping the parents as well, but he's also getting the parents. You need to teach them what I tell, what you know, and then give them to me and let me finish. Yeah, because it's almost like he's a therapist in a way. Because I mediate this way with teens and parents, where I'll say, you know, your parents kind of suck in these ways, but I got to tell you, like. I see a lot of teens, and they're really supportive of you, actually. Yeah, right. You might need to pull it together a little bit. Right. And if you can't, why? What's going on? Right. You know? Because like, right. they have taught you all of these things, and I know that you can apply those. Right. And, and, and that's what God is saying. Yeah. Is that's really cool. Yeah. So, on that note, it, you know, thank you. This has been another great edition. We are going to be coming back next month, everybody, to end the last Friday of every month. We're going to have Mind, Body, and Soul with Dr. LaHood. And uh, if you want, uh, please send your general questions again into Journey Home Outreach Ministries at gmail.com. That's Journey Home Outreach Ministries at gmail.com. And we're going to roll out of here like we always roll out of here with how great that art with Society Hill music. Peace, blessing, everyone. Thank you, Dr. LaHood. Thank See you. See you next month. All right. Bye. All right.